ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio. It's Friday on ESPN Radio, on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and ESPN+. Plus. I am Chris Canny. He is Chris Carlin, and we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Hit us up on Twitter, at Chris Carlin and at Chris Candy 99 And as always, tap in on the Candy calling line, 888-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. A lot to get to today. We saw some upsets last night in the NCAA tournament. March Madness carries on. And, big fella, it's not just what happens on the hardwood, but it's also what's happening on the gridiron in terms of teams making moves. And last night, the NFL experienced a bombshell with the Green Bay Packers coming to terms with the Las Vegas Raiders on a trade for superstar wide receiver Devontae Adams. The Packers will receive the first-round pick for the Raiders, which is the number 22 overall pick, and the second-round pick for the Raiders, which is the number 53 overall pick this year. And that gives Green Bay four picks in the top 60 uh, when you consider the other picks that they own. But Devontae Adams going out to to the Las Vegas Raiders with his former teammate Derek Carr, the two had two seasons together at Fresno State where they hooked up for 39 touchdowns at back in college. But Devontae Adams also got his bag to the tune of five years, $142.5 million, with $67.5 million guaranteed. So it definitely was something that caught everybody off guard because we all operated with the assumption that since Aaron Rodgers re-signed with the Packers, that Devontae Adams would too. And nothing could be further from the truth. Both men made decisions that were in their best business interest. And now we're talking about the Green Bay Packers losing out on having one of the most deadly weapons in the National Football League. But was it best business interest for Devontae Adams? Or was it best personal interest for Devontae Adams? Because the Packers made sure to get out there that they were more than willing to pay him the same amount of money. But Devontae wanted to leave. And whatever damage had been done in that relationship had been done. It almost felt immediately like the Packers are trying to get the message out there. We're not to blame. He wanted out. This is the way it all went down. By the way, Aaron knew about it all along. I don't buy half that crap. I don't buy a lot of that. Mm. I think that uh, when you're the Packers and you have let this guy go who you tagged and you have gotten a first, a second round, a first and second round pick for him, you have failed. You have failed and you have failed because the guy that is taking all of the money took all of the money, and as much as he wants to make it about winning and getting a championship and all that, he's full of it. He's completely full of it. And I just saw Devontae Adams, who knows Aaron Rodgers as good as anybody and knows Derek Carr as good as anybody, say, give me Derek Carr. I'm going to go play in Vegas. Here's ESPN Packers reporter Rob Domofsky on KJM this morning talking about the Packers failing to get a deal done with Devontae. Take a listen. I thought... They should have gotten it done last summer. I mean, like this this guy is it's not like he had anything left to prove, right? And and you know, so then he does go out and he has an even better year. What does he have? 120 some catches, eleven touchdowns, thirteen hundred. I mean, I don't know what more you'd want other than look, he's going to be thirty this season. And does that scare some people away? You know, maybe, I guess, but the connection that he has with, with Rogers is it's it's unreal. I mean, you've seen it time and time again. They can just 
you know, nod their heads or, or give a little wink or a hand signal, and they know exactly what the other is thinking. It's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless, and Rob is talking about what those two do on the field in terms of their nonverbal communication. But there was a lot of nonverbal non-communication <laughs> throughout the course of the last couple of years between the two in terms of what they would do. And I think this is something that Devontae Adams dropped hints about, even going back to last summer and saying that he would make his decision independent of what Aaron Rodgers would do. Mm. And there has been speculation that Devontae did not like the way that the Packers forced him to wait for a contract extension because, of course, players want the guaranteed money and they don't want to incur the risk of injury that comes along with playing in games going into a contract season. And so there probably was some animus building between Devontae Adams and the front office for the Green Bay Packers, but nobody cared to pay attention for it because of the saga, because of the drama with Aaron Rodgers. Do you think Rodgers knew all along what was coming here? I mean, we've heard that he did. Do you think he did? I don't know that Aaron Rodgers paid any attention to anything else that was going on. I, I think know that's a I, great I, point. I, I know what he said in the post-game press conference after they lost to the 49ers and acknowledging that the organization had some tough decisions to make with impending free agents and guys that they'd like to retain on their roster. I just don't think Aaron Rodgers really cared. I agree. And uh, he, he kept bringing it up a couple of weeks ago, too, when he was – you know, hemming and hawing about coming back. Well, we got a decision with Devonte. We got to do, and all that basically making it sound like you got to commit to Devonte. So I know I'll come back. He doesn't care. You're right. He doesn't care in the least. Aaron Rodgers cares about Aaron Rodgers. You know the other thing I heard a lot of today. Mm. Without Devonte Adams over the last three years, whenever they haven't had him in a game, he's missed seven games since 2018. Yep, they're seven and zero. Aaron Rodgers has 19 touchdowns and one interception, and they've scored 32 points a game. Again, that's what we call the talking point out there for people that when something like this happens, hey, we're going to be fine. This is all the case. You know what? You can say that, but all that does even more is does something that you and I have been talking about all week. Aaron Rodgers now has to go make everybody else better because you took every penny. So if you're... If you think this is no big deal and you think you can, look, we'll get those numbers out there, make sure you know, hey, we're going to win without Devontae, who's it on? It's on the quarterback. No question about it. I think he's under the most pressure, especially now that he's the highest paid player in NFL history when it comes to average annual value, and it's by a wide margin. Second in, second on that list is Pat Mahomes at $45 million a year. Aaron Rodgers is getting $50 million a year. I mean, for that kind of scratch, big fella, you got to go out there and MacGyver some stuff. Figure it out. Make guys better. Elevate the talent base around you. That's what it's going to call for. Now, Brian Kudekus does have some draft capital to help him out. And we are at the beginning stages of free agency. So there are players available that you can bring in to help that receiving core, to help the interior of that offensive line. Those are both areas that they have to prioritize. Those are both areas that need to be addressed. But big picture on this thing. When it comes to all the posturing that we've seen from Aaron Rodgers the last couple of years, here's what I'm trying to figure out. Was it all about exercising your leverage over the organization in order to put the requisite pieces around you to compete for a championship? Or was it about trying to extract a massive payday and for you to dictate the terms under which your career would end in Green Bay? 
All I will say is we know that he's accomplished the latter, but ultimately that's going to cost him the former, and that could potentially cost him an opportunity to, to enhance his legacy and to contend for a championship. Because right now, Aaron Rodgers, for as great as he is, he's only got one Super Bowl. One. He's only been to one Super Bowl. Yep. Most of the quarterbacks in the conversation for the greatest of all time, they've been to multiple Super Bowls. They have multiple championships. We're talking about Peyton Manning. We're talking about Joe Montana. We're talking about John Elway, who went to five Super Bowls and won two. We're talking about Tom Brady, who went to ten Super Bowls and won seven. You know who's not in that conversation? Aaron Rodgers. He's not, g- he's not there. The other- and you don't get into that room unless you get back to a Super Bowl and you win another champion. The other guy who just got traded in the conversation, not as the greatest of all time, but he's been to two at least, and he's won one of them, and Russell Wilson, the other guy we've been talking about this offseason. So this is, to me, just, I go back to my original point, Aaron Rodgers is so full of it, it's amazing. And he, he just hides behind this, I'm smarter than everybody else bit, I'm more enlightened than everybody else bit, but all it's about is getting every single penny for Aaron Rodgers. And he is going to, when the Packers inevitably lose in the postseason next year, Chris, and they don't play well or he doesn't play well, he will come back to this whole zen garbage stuff of, you know, listen, it, it's a tough loss, It's it, but, you know, life goes on and all that kind of thing. Football is not what's most important to Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is what's most important to Aaron Rodgers. That's Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. So you heard it from Chris Carlin. It's not necessarily about what happens on the football field, but it's about Aaron Rodgers when it comes to how he goes about his business. So the question becomes, are the Green Bay Packers still a championship contending team Without Devontae Adams. Hit us up on the candy call in line, triple eight say ESPN. That's eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. So where do the Green Bay Packers go from here? What's the top priority for Green Bay moving forward? Colin and I are charming on that. But first, a word from Indeed. If your hiring needs are heating up, you don't have to do it all by yourself. I mean, you don't have to be Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> If you need to hire, you need Indeed, the all-in-one hiring platform that makes it easy to attract, screen, and interview candidates. With tools like Instant Match, you'll instantly receive a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description the moment you sponsor a post. Invite them to apply, and you can even schedule and conduct interviews all from your employer dashboard. To learn more, visit Indeed.com credit. All right, you're listening. You're listening to ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. Chris Carlin and Chris Canny rocking with you on a Friday, and we're reacting to the news that the Green Bay Packers are shipping Devontae Adams out to the desert to the Las Vegas Raiders. In return, Green Bay is getting the Raiders' first and second round picks, the number 22 and the number 53 overall selection in April's draft, and I. I was as stunned as anybody when I saw this move because I just didn't know why Green Bay would make this kind of decision when they were clearly trying to make a championship push. The contract, the structure that they gave Aaron Rodgers, they were trying to create as much cap room as they possibly could for this year to slot in a Devontae Adams deal, which we knew would reset the marketplace. For all of the people out there that didn't expect Devontae Adams to get this kind of contract, you played yourself. 
Devontae Adams was always going to reset the receiver market. He was always going to make more than DeAndre Hopkins, who was at $27.25 million annually. It was always going to be a bigger deal than that. For the Green Bay Packers over the last year to not expect that Devontae Adams would eclipse that, that would be a misstep by management. But I don't believe that's what happened here. And according to our very own Rob Domofsky, he said that Green Bay was willing to match the contract that the Las Vegas Raiders gave Devontae Adams. The only problem is the receiver had had enough. And what I'm trying to figure out, Carlin, was it that he had had enough of the organization stringing him along and not giving him his money sooner? Or had he had enough of the antics from Aaron Rodgers and him holding the franchise hostage and in the process forcing him to be in a holding pattern for his money? The answer to that is yes. I think it's both. I think it's fully both. I think it's uh, a lot has to do with Aaron Rodgers, I believe. Um, And if you're him and you have the chance to go get that same money somewhere else and you have seen this, nobody has had a better seat to this whole thing than Devontae Adams. Really, nobody has had the best, better view than him of how the Rodgers-Packers dynamic has played out over the last several years. And I do think that when you're looking at a situation where both places are giving you the same money and you're dealing with who you know over here and who you know over there, it speaks volumes about who you choose and why. And... Listen, these two guys were exceptionally close at Fresno State. Yes. Exceptionally close. And they're excited to play together. And he knows, especially now, Derek Carr's not going anywhere. And, And think about where he went and what he has to go up against. He went from the NFC North, which, not exactly murderer's row, (laughs) to... Perhaps the best division in football that we've seen in 25 years. If you really think about it, he said, no, give me that. Where we're the fourth best team, give me that. It really is shocking that we're talking about the best wide receiver in the National Football League saying, I'd rather go play with Derek Carr in the Las Vegas Raiders than stay here in Green Bay, the only team I've ever known with Aaron Rodgers, who is supposed to be the most talented quarterback this generation has seen. That that really does speak volumes. But here's who was speaking this morning on Get Up, our ESPN NFL front office insider Mike Tannenbaum, and here's what he had to say about what the Devontae Adams trade means as far as Aaron Rodgers' leadership is concerned. Take a listen. That's what leadership is. It's about being empathetic, at times being a great listener. And for Aaron Rodgers, you've made whatever it is, and, and what you deserve, by the way, well over $200 million. This was Devontae Adams' real meaningful bite at the apple. He should have been there as a selfless leader to say, hey, what do we need to do for you? And again, sometimes it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And this is where I was so disappointed with Aaron Rodgers. He didn't have to bring his situation all the way into March. If he gets his deal done late January, early February, now you have a whole month to say, all right, that box is checked. What's the next most important thing? It's Devontae Adams. Go see him, love him, recruit him, and we're not having this conversation. And that's what aggravates me even more about it is he said on January 25th, we're not dragging this out, and he dragged it out. He didn't care. He didn't care about anybody else. Yeah, but even going back to last summer, he was dragging it out. Remember, nobody knew exactly what he was going to do. There were the rumors that he would retire. He'd go host Jeopardy. All of this nonsense. 
If you knew that you were going to come back to the Green Bay Packers and you were going to stay there for the foreseeable and this is where you wanted to end your career, go ahead and give the organization a heads up because I understand where Brian Gutekunst is coming from. I get not wanting to pay a wide receiver $30 million if Aaron Rodgers is retiring. You're not going to get the return on investment. You're just not. And so for the organization, it didn't make any sense to give this kind of contract offer to Devontae Adams last summer because you didn't know what was happening with Aaron Rodgers. But the only reason Aaron Rodgers didn't give him a heads up is because he was in his feelings about what the organization did the previous draft in taking Jordan Love. So let's go out to the callers. Again, the candy caller line, Triple H say ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. Let's go to James in Charlotte. James, you're on ESPN Radio. What up? Yeah, how's it going, my friend? Doing good. What you got for us today? Yeah, so in full disclosure, I'm not a, a big Aaron Rodgers fan. He's a little bit goofy, but everybody's railing on this guy, and he should maximize the value in his contract. It's a job at the end of the day. He has loyalty to one person, and that's Aaron Rodgers. And the question back to you guys, if there was somebody better than Aaron Rodgers, do you not think Green Bay would move on and drop him like a heartbeat? Of course they would, James, but here's the deal, right? It's not just necessarily about maximizing your value at this point for Aaron Rodgers. It's about competing for championships. It's about enhancing your legacy. And for a player that says that these things are important to him, he sure isn't conducting his business like that. Because if you were, then you would try to set the stage for the organization to keep as much of the supporting cast in place as you possibly can so you can keep making championship runs after championship runs. Back-to-back NFC title games. They regressed this year, lost in the divisional round, but you're still talking about them being the number one seed in the NFC. So to be missing a piece like Devontae Adams, you're certainly not a better football team right now in comparison to where you were in 2021. And that's the part that's tough to stomach. It's tough to reconcile. Nobody's saying Aaron Rodgers has to do the general manager's job. Nobody is saying that that's his responsibility. But Aaron Rodgers can help himself, and he can help the GM in the process by potentially giving him a little more heads up, a little more notice. That way they can create a better plan in order to keep more of the pieces in place. That's all anybody is saying. Yeah, and and we're talking about this, all the drama that's around this too. He wants the money. He wants the attention. He wants the credit. He wants it all but he doesn't want a piece of the blame. I I just can't get past any of that when it comes to Rodgers at this point. How about John in North Carolina next up on ESPN Radio? John, what do you got? I just want to thank you so much for lighting yet another fire for Aaron Rodgers. What you just said about him being selfish and everything like this is only going to make them win their second Super Bowl with him. Because really? Because word, Aaron Rodgers been has been selfish for the last 10 years, and it's only grown, and he hasn't sniffed it since. Hasn't sniffed it. If you think they're winning, we sat here and talked about how much more difficult it was going to be to get better, even with Devontae Adams. They were going to be a worse team, and now you don't have him. And it's amazing, isn't it? A week ago, we were talking about how the Packers had a clear path to a championship. Then what <laughs> happens? Tom Brady unretires, and the Green Bay decides they're going to trade Devontae Adams. Oh, by the way, Deshaun Watson could be coming to the NFC. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it really is unbelievable. So to say that 
we're going to add motivation to Aaron Rodgers to try harder in order to win a championship. That's absolutely ridiculous. At some point, when you're getting paid the kind of money that you're getting paid, you have to accept accountability for the wins or the lack thereof when it comes to competing at a championship level. That You have to. Yeah. And, that, and that's unfortunately something that Aaron Rodgers has eluded the last three years. Coming up next, how much of this is Aaron, on Aaron Rodgers in terms of Devontae Adams being shipped out of town? We'll get into it a little more. You're listening to Carlin and Canny, ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio. Carlin and Canny on ESPN Radio and E+. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Hit us up on Twitter at Chris Carlin and at Chris Candy 99 And as always, tap in on the Candy Carlin line, Triple H say ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. Are the Packers still a title contender? We're trying to hear from you. Now, big fella, we got the updated odds according to Caesars Sportsbook out in Las Vegas. The Green Bay Packers, to win the Super Bowl, their odds went from plus 1,100 to plus 1,200. To win the NFC, they dropped down from plus 425 to plus 450. And to win the NFC North, it went from minus 210 to minus 190. So they're still the favorite in that division. And when it comes to trying to compete for a championship, that's your first order of business. So to keep things in perspective for Green Bay, the sky is not falling. Losing Devontae Adams is less than ideal, but you still have an opportunity to contend. There's still plenty of offseason left. You have some receivers that are out there in free agency, and it's a deep receiver draft as well. So – there's the potential to upgrade your team, and with the draft capital that you got from the Raiders combined with your own first and second round picks, you can address a lot of major needs that you have on the offensive side of the ball. You know, to me, it, does it mean that they – do they need to find Jamar Chase in this draft? Do they need to? No. What do they need right now? Do they need to sign a serviceable veteran? Like, they're not going to – well, Odell, we don't know when he's going to be able to play. Sure. You know – who else is available now as a receiver that's still out there that could reasonably help? You got Juju, help them? you got Jarvis yeah. Landry. There are guys that are out there that are available that can contribute veteran players that have that have mm. done things in this league. I, I think to answer your question, it's not going to be one guy to fill the Devontae Adams void. This is going to have to be by committee. You're going to have to throw multiple bodies at this. But right now, we're going to go to the candy call-in line and hear from Matt in Pennsylvania. Matt, you're on ESPN Radio. What up? Hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks for taking my call. Uh, real quick, I, Aaron Rodgers, isn't, it's just not about money for him. It's like a pride thing. He just wanted to show the Green Bay Packers that I control your destiny. It's all about me. Everything revolves around me. He's the type of guy, like on The Price is Right, he bets a dollar more than the other person. <laughs> <laughs> That's outstanding, Matt. And you know what? You're absolutely right. I think I think this is what it was about. It was a power play by Aaron Rodgers to let Brian Gutekunst know that you're not running the organization. I'm running the organization because if you don't have me, then your team is in a complete rebuild. And I'm not sure you want to take your program through that. So I think that's the result. Uh, that That's where we are based on what we've seen over the last couple of years. But the results of that are losing some key guys that you would have liked to hang on to in order to contend for a championship. That's why I keep going back to what's the ultimate goal for Aaron Rodgers yeah. in all of this? Like, is it to get paid as much money as you possibly can, or is it to win championships? I'm not saying – I'm not begrudging anybody for going out there and getting their money. Big fella, you know this. I'm a capitalist. Get your money. Get your bag. 
But when it comes to competing for championships, it can't just be about you. It's got to be about having other dudes that can make plays in the critical moments that determine the outcome of the game. And the Green Bay Packers, they'll be fine in the regular season because they're in the NFC North. It's a low bar to clear. But when you get into the playoffs, you need to have dudes. When we got into the playoffs, we had absolute dudes on that Giants team in 2011. We had Hakeem Nicks catching the Hail Mary at the end of the first half in Green Bay on our way to routing the 15-1 Packers. who were quarterback by Aaron Rodgers, by the way. We had dudes, like in the NFC Championship game, guys making plays all over the place. Mario Manningham in the Super Bowl with the toe tap on the sideline to set up the go-ahead touchdown by Ahmad Brasha. We had dudes. You have to have dudes in this game to make plays. The Green Bay Packers just traded one of their dudes. And the reason why Devontae wanted out was because there was so much uncertainty about his situation, and that was be, that was because of what was going on with Aaron Rodgers. So right now they don't have dudes. Marquez Valdez-Scandling, assuming he he's resigns. Not if he's, he's not, not a, a dude. dude. He's, he's a, a guy. Dude. There's a you know, there's a dude and there's a guy. Yeah. And and there are plenty of guys there if if he comes back, but I don't look at them and say he can instantly turn a couple of those guys into so much better players than they actually are because I don't know that he really does that. I mean, listen. Jordy Nelson was a really good receiver for a long time and was aided by playing with Rodgers and he played with Favre at the end, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He was helped by that. But Jordy Nelson was like a gutty type player that you would want out there. I don't look at anybody the Packers have right now, and it just, to your larger point, when we're going to talk about whatever his legacy is, I don't think he cares anymore what his legacy is. I think he cares about what's best for Aaron Rodgers until we get to that point of people arguing about his legacy when he's a Hall of Famer. Where does he rank all that stuff? And then he'll get annoyed by the fact that he's not where he believes he should be because he only won one Super Bowl. Big fella, I'll say this. I don't think I've ever met an NFL player that's been in the league over a decade that doesn't care about how they're remembered in the game. And that's the thing that is a little bit curious about the Rodgers situation. Well, but that's my point. Like, if you if you do care, you understand it can't all just be you. But does he? I don't that, think he but, does. That's the point. I don't like, think he does. I, I, I would look around at those other guys. If you want to be on that list of those guys in that right there, I'm looking at Montana having Jerry Rice and yep. John Taylor. Yep. I'm looking at all those great quarterbacks and who they had with them. And they're, while they may have made some players better, they always had a couple that they knew were not that far from their level. Let's go out to Larry in California. Larry, you're on ESPN Radio. What up? Thank you for taking my call, guys. I'm a Super Packer fan. I've seen Brett Favre, 96. I've seen Aaron Rodgers, 2011. And, and let's make this clear, man. Yeah, Devontae Adams is gone. I don't feel sorry for that. Did we win a Super Bowl with Devontae Adams or not? Everybody wants to get paid nowadays. To me, let's just play fundamentals in the NFL. Like, everybody else is supposed to pay. I know Aaron Rodgers got his bag. Okay, he's the leader no matter what. He was the one that won the Super Bowl with Donald Driver and Greg Jennings. 
Devontae Adams never won nothing with Aaron Rodgers, so maybe it was time so to... It was, so it was Devontae Adams' fault, just to be clear. Yeah, I understand that, but like I said, maybe there are going to be some sparks sparked. Maybe he will become a real leader, because to me, he has He's 38 been years like old. That. Like, why, what are we waiting for? If he's going to become a real leader, what are we waiting for? What's taking so long? <laughs> Honestly, I, I don't, I don't get that one. He's I mean, not you Mayfield are, at twenty-seven. You, you are what you are at thirty-eight years old. I don't think Aaron Rodgers' leadership traits or leadership style is going to change anytime soon. Let's go out to John in Atlanta. John, you're on ESPN Radio. What you got? Hey, what's what's going on, guys? Uh, man, I mean Aaron Rodgers, you. You want to talk about loyalty? I mean, you just let your best player walk out the door. Tom Brady has the scantron with the answers of the test. The answer is you take less money, you get better players. He has three pro bowlers as wide receivers down in Tampa Bay. Aaron Rodgers now has zero. So um, I don't even think they're the second best team in the AFC North, much less the AFC, or NFC North, much less the NFC. Yeah, I'm with you. And listen, listen, John, you'll get no pushback from me. And Carlin and I have been talking about this all week long. Like, there's a difference in how these two quarterbacks go about their business. And Aaron Rodgers is actively recruiting players. There's a report out there right now that Russell Gage, the free agent wide receiver they signed from the Atlanta Falcons, thought he was being pranked when Tom Brady called him to bring him down to Tampa. There's a report out there that Tom Brady DM'd Julio Jones, once he got cut by the Tennessee Titans, to see if he can get him to come run with him down in Tampa. We've seen with Tom Brady. Antonio Brown staying at Tom Brady's house in an effort to recruit him. Tom Brady spent extra time working with Leonard Fournette on the jugs because he needed him to become a better receiver out of the backfield. These are the things, these are the lengths that Tom Brady is willing to go to in order to compete for championships. It's clear based on his actions, big fella. That winning Super Bowls is important to him. I don't get those same vibes from Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and look, Brady, we can talk all we want about how he took less money and all that, and he's married to Giselle. That's all fun. Brady's made a whole lot of money, too, by the way. He has. He's not going poor anytime soon. Yeah. And in Tampa, he's made a lot of money, but he is out there trying to make it happen for his team in every way and trying to sell them because he knows that ultimately – the success of the team and how he's remembered and adding another ring to an already ridiculous run in his career will just continue to extend it. He's just that hungry. And here's what I'll say, big fella. Nobody knows what the future holds for either one of these quarterbacks, right? Because Aaron Rodgers could walk away after this season. Tom Brady could walk away after the season. Hell, he did walk away after last season, and he came back 40 days later. You know what the difference is, though? When it comes to going down to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for Tom Brady, every player that he recruits understands Tom Brady is about one thing. That's winning championships. Yep. That is it. There is no other agenda. There is no ulterior motive. It ain't about trying to exert some kind of leverage over the organization because you got an ax to grind with the GM. It ain't about trying to get some massive payday. It's about winning championships. And that is the difference between the two. Coming up next, Your calls on Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, plus a top NFL draft pick injury begs the question, how necessary are NFL pro days? Colin and I weigh in. You're listening to ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio. 
Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. And big fella, we got word from Adam Schefter today that Michigan linebacker David Ajabo, an expected first-round pick next month, just got hurt at Michigan's Pro Day and limped off the field with the help of trainers per sources. Now, David Ajabo, according to our very own Todd McShay, is going to be a first-round draft pick based on the latest mock draft. Uh, that he put out there. And so the question of whether or not these pro day workouts are even necessary for guys that are expected to be first round draft picks comes into question because you can, you know, you can go through these exercises, through these workouts and run the risk of major injury. And a lot of the grade for these prospects has already been decided by most of these teams. You know, I feel for him. Hopefully he's okay. Hopefully this is nothing that's really, um, going to hold him back at all or move his draft stock back. Uh, more than anything, though, I, he's an interesting guy to me. We were talking about this before the show. I wonder what David Ajabo is. Is he a first-round pick if Aiden Hutchinson's not on the other side? When you have somebody like that and they're going to get the attention that they do, and he's still as productive as he was, the guy on the other side, if he's got good talent, which Ajabo does, is going to eat. But if Aiden Hutchinson is not on the Michigan team this year and you have another defensive end who's pretty good but not on that level, where's Ajabo there? Like, I'm not trying to take anything away from him. Yep. I guess I'm just wondering how you evaluate that in terms of the damage that he could do if he were getting more attention uh, week to week because you can't game plan for everybody. You can't get a plan to stop everybody. And that's fair. And you're talking about college offensive linemen yes. as opposed to NFL offensive linemen. And, so and when I you know have those one on one explosion and all that stuff, yeah. and you can see that. Yeah, well, I think that's what it comes down to, the dominant traits. That's what you're trying to evaluate. You're projecting all of these guys at the next level. So it's not necessarily a situation where you say, well, because he had another top draft pick on his team, I don't know whether or not this guy can actually play. This is all about seeing the the, the physical skill set, the tools that the guy has and how that translates to the next level. So, David Ajabo is one of those guys that uh, David Ajabo is one of those guys that you're talking about that has the potential. He ran a four five five at the Indianapolis Combine. He had a broad jump of ten two. So the explosion is there. He's projected to go with the sixteenth overall pick to Philly, according to our very own Todd McShay. So I don't know that it's playing with another top end guy keeps you from being a top guy. Javion Clowney had Melvin Ingram as a teammate. Both of those ended up being pretty good pros. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. ESPN Radio. The March Madness continues here on ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM Channel 80, and ESPN Plus. He is Chris Carlin. I am Chris Canny, and we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Breaking news on Deshaun Watson per our Adam Schefter. Deshaun Watson has decided he wants to play for, wait for it, the Cleveland Browns in a stunning change of events per sources. Watson has informed the Houston Texans that he is now willing to waive the no-trade clause in his contract to be dealt to the Cleveland Browns. Well, Baker Mayfield, I guess you're going to get your wish because you wanted to be out of there, and now you're going to be out of there whether you like it or not. Deshaun Watson will be the next quarterback of the Cleveland Browns and what will be undoubtedly a massive package going back to the Houston Texans. Big fella, your reaction. Wow. 
Why? <laughs> that, look, I, I get it. They just got Amari Cooper. They've got some bookend tackles, although Conklin is a little bit further down the line. Uh, I'm I'm shocked. I I don't understand why if you're Lamar or if you're Deshaun Watson, you want to go into that division with Lamar Jackson into the AFC with everybody else. I guess it it, it maybe it's turning into an alpha dog thing where. All the great quarterbacks, I'll show you who the greatest quarterback is, and they're all wanting to go up against each other. But more than anything, what could possibly have changed that? Is it what the Browns are willing to give him in new money? Could that be it? it may, maybe. Maybe the Browns are willing to. We've heard that there's going to be some new money involved in whatever the trade is, that they could give him the most. I, I don't understand. Listen, I we talked about this the other day. I don't think there was a great choice here to begin with. I thought the best choice of all was going to be New Orleans, and I don't know if going to Cleveland's a good idea. Well, why would you say that? Because when I look at it on his face, when it comes to the Cleveland Browns, the Carolina Panthers, the New Orleans Saints, and the Atlanta Falcons, the best football situation in terms of what you have around you has to be Cleveland. Now, the only issue that I had with the Cleveland Browns was that I don't trust their owner, Jimmy Haslam. Bingo. But that's separate and apart. I do trust their general manager, Andrew Barry, who's a Harvard guy, and Kevin Stefanski, a guy that was in the running for coach of the year when his, in his first season. So I look at this from the standpoint of, from a coaching perspective, is, you is, had, you, is you he picking a, it because the offense fits him? Well, well, that part about it, too. I mean, this is the Kyle Shanahan scheme. This is a scheme that is user-friendly when it comes to quarterbacks with the built-in hot reads um, in your route concepts, the reliance on the running game. You got a strong offensive line. You got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, not to mention moving for Amari Cooper. You've got David and Joku on the franchise tag. And you've got a pretty good defense with playmakers on all three levels. From a football standpoint, this makes the most sense with the talent around him, and a proven guy on the sideline is Kevin Stefanski. Does it? Who? Tell me the coach that's better with the four final teams. Tell the, me the coach that's better than Kevin Stefanski. It's not the coach. It's a, I, The Saints have Michael Thomas coming back. They've got Alvin Kamara. They've got Ramchek at tackle. They've got a pretty good defense. Look, the question mark is clearly Dennis Allen. But I'm getting into the NFC South. All right, got to deal with Brady. But I still, the NFC overall is a much better situation for me to get somewhere. Unless, again, he's not even thinking about winning at this point. He's just thinking about going somewhere. And and I have to believe that, that somehow they're going to end up giving him the most money out of this in new money. Well, here's the other thing, too. When we have the conversation about players being concerned about their legacy, Deshaun Watson can be synonymous with the Cleveland Browns in a way that wasn't going to be afforded with him with the New Orleans Saints. So there is the potential for that to be better when comparing the two situations.